Okay, so in this episode, I'm going to pretend as if I'm talking to my very best friend that just had a baby and is sitting across from me asking all of the questions, just picking my brain as far as motherhood, parenting styles, and decisions that Ryan and I have made about our family and our growing family and all of that stuff. So I'm going to start off like kind of light and then dive into the more like serious stuff. It's all serious, but you know what I mean. So um, one of the first decisions Ryan and I made before Rogan came into the picture was that we strongly believe that if our marriage is working, our family is working, and Rogan is having a good experience as far as being a child in our home. If our marriage is not working, nothing is working. So in order for our marriage to work, We actually have to make it a priority and schedule it in because we are very busy and we now have a baby in the mix that's demanding like almost all of our time, right? So like I said, like we used to not have a baby and not have dogs. So we just spent all of the time together. There was no reason for us to like have to schedule it in or really like prioritize it because it was just like automatically happening. Um, but you'll realize once you have a kid that that just, that just doesn't happen anymore. There's literally like a few hours, if that, that you get devoted to your relationship if you're not taking time to have a date night or making little decisions that allow this to happen. So two things that we did or have done so far is we schedule in date nights. Um, we, that evolves, right? So like right now we were in final season, so that wasn't really happening. I think we got like one or two in final season because we were just like our priority our priority at that point was survival and, you know, getting our schoolwork done. But on a good casual regular week, we would try to get one date night a week or every two weeks. Um, again, that that's our finances right now. We would do it every week if we had all of the money in the world. Um, but right now I feel like every two, one date night every two weeks is very doable to us. And it's so nice to know that we're going to have that time together. So I like planning it out um, because I can always be like, okay, we can have that conversation or we can talk about that thing, um, you know, just the two of us with no distractions in on Thursday or whatever it is. So that was one thing we did. Another thing we did was we actually put Rogan in his crib around four or five months. I can't remember. So Again, once you have kids, you'll realize that when you have a baby in your room and I I wanted like I was, you know, establishing breastfeeding. I was up every two hours for those first couple months because of breastfeeding. So having him in a bassinet in our room was um, was just like necessary in order for him to um, have that closeness. And then for also for me, as far as like convenience Um, we never brought him in our bed. That was another thing we didn't want to do just because we didn't want to, um, create like a bad habit as far as him wanting to always sleep in our bed. Um, because, uh, that time between like when he goes to sleep at night and when we go to sleep at night is like literally the only time Ryan and I get alone without any distractions. So we wanted to hold that as sacred time for us. So, Um, 
we, our pediatrician and the sleep experts said that you can start putting your baby in their crib around four months. So I think we waited till like around five because that's when he was like in a really good nighttime routine. And so we put him in his own room and that has just been amazing, you guys, because like I said, he goes down at like eight and he sleeps for 12 hours so we get from like 8 to 11 usually we're falling asleep together just Ryan and I we have conversations we usually watch a movie together we talk about all the different things that happen out throughout the day and we don't have to be quiet right like if you have a baby in your room longer than that or you have them in your bed you're having to be quiet in your room so you can't really like have a conversation that you need to or spend time together, just the two of you. Um, So that was a big priority for us was keeping our bedroom, just the two of us and a sacred time for us to have together. So date nights and, um, you know, giving him his own room and not sleeping him with him was a um, big big decision that we made together so we could prioritize our marriage. So another thing as far as our marriage was we had a discussion about wanting to be equals. So Ryan is so amazing about this. Like he never wanted to like go back to that tradition where it's like the the mom does everything and then the dad doesn't do anything. And I was also raised in a home with my dad staying at home. So I really saw how cool and impactful it is to have the dad be a very big component in the child's life. Um, So we personally wanted to make sure that our kids knew we were both equally involved in their lives and from the beginning. So what this looks like for us is right now I am staying at home because I I do school online. And then I'm taking care of Rogan so we don't have to get a a nanny or daycare because that's a lot of money (laughs) that we don't have. So Ryan is at law school all day. So what this looks like is 50-50 means, okay, we're both working all day and Ryan gets home. The last thing that I want to do every single day is be like, oh, dad's home. Like I'm off duty. Here you go. Here's the kid and maybe kids in the future. Here's all the kids. Um, you know, I'm going to go take a nap because in reality, that's not 50 50 because I know what I'm doing at home. Like if I were to ever like stay at home full time, like motherhood, taking care of kids is a hard ass job. Like it is so hard. I think it's one of the hardest jobs in the freaking world. But I also know that Ryan's not just like sleeping at school, right? Like I know, I know. And when he gets a job as a lawyer, like I know he's not just going to work and just like chilling, right? So like we're have equal efforts throughout the entire day. So that means that we have to have equal efforts in the afternoon too, nighttime. So what that looks like for us right now is he gets home and then 50% of the time he is on and he's taking care of Rogan. 50% of the time I continue to take care of Rogan because that's equal, right? That makes sense. So right now what's working for us is we take like every other day or depending on like what we have throughout the week, like some nights it will be 50-50 in one day, some nights it'll be 50-50 like every other day kind of situation. 
Um, I like to go to yoga at night. So usually it's like 50-50 in the nighttime because he's like, I'm gone. So he's obviously on. And then when I get back, I'm on. So we just, long story short, we wanted to be equals in our parenting. I really love this because I did not sign up to take care of our kids all by myself. And Ryan absolutely never, ever like talked like that, which is awesome. And like, I'm so glad it worked out that way because I can be honest, we didn't like talk about that right before um, we got married. We talked about that when we realized we were having kids. Um, But we've very much been on the same page with all of these different things, which has been so amazing. Um, But yeah, I just didn't sign up for that. I personally want to have a career. I am going to school to be a counselor. Um, So I also want to pursue my career. Maybe that's part time. Maybe that's full time. Maybe that ebbs and flows um, throughout like our kids lives. But I do want to have that option. And so I love that I'm in a relationship that respects that. And also um, acknowledges that like we are both into this together and we are in a um, like a circumstance where we can be 50, 50 and make that work. So that's what works for us. Also, yeah, just having those conversations. Like if you're not able to have these conversations in a relationship, I think you're in the wrong relationship. If you are desiring something, if you, if your desires aren't being met, um, and there's not like a compromise happening, like you need to have that conversation because all it's going to do in the end is build resentment and then you're going to start hating the person that you once fell in love with, right? So make sure that you're having these conversations. I know they're hard and sometimes like Ryan and I would have to have like multiple conversations to truly like understand where each of us was coming from because we are having different experiences even though we're in the same room most of the time. Um, But I think those conversations are amazing and worthwhile because like I said, even if it takes us three times talking about it, now it's solved. Now we know what we're getting into moving forward and we don't have to resent each other or have it keep coming up for us, right? So yeah, moving on. Um, Another thing that we decided we were going to do, it kind of goes along with prioritizing our marriage This one's prioritizing our family unit. So a decision we've made, and again, this may change in the future depending on all of the different circumstances, but I hope it doesn't. And I kind of think I'm going to make sure that it doesn't. Um, But is having dinners together every single night with a walk afterwards. It can be like a 10 minute walk. I am not like, it's not that hard to go on like a 10 minute walk, but Having dinner together as a family every single night, I think is like the foundation of building a healthy family unit because there's not, if you're not prioritizing making that time, it is so easy for like the whole family unit to never be in the same room at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, okay, dad gets home late from work or the baby's napping, let's just eat anyways. Or, you know, this older kid is at a sport, let's just eat anyways. Like, you know, like there's, if you do that and you start to do that, then all of a sudden the whole family unit is never in the same room, having a conversation, debriefing, talking, connecting um, at the same time ever. 
And I think that's important. I think that is crucial to keeping the family unit healthy. So for us, we are going to eat meals together. And I'm even going to do this throughout the day. If I do stay at home or work from home or whatever, I'm going to make sure that I eat with my kids because I just think that's a very sacred time for them to feel connected to me and our family um, and be able to have those conversations like Meals have always been a place of like gathering and connection and union. And so I want to keep that sacred in our home. There'll be no technology, no phones. And the walk afterwards is actually just selfishly like I want to spend more time with them. And I think it's really healthy after you eat to go on a walk because then you're not like compressing your digestive system and you're giving your digestive system some time to actually digest your food before you go sit down and completely um, like compress it and collapse it and give it no chance. <laughs> um, but I just think walks are really good too. Like obviously with what weather permitting, we're gonna always have dogs. So obviously they'll love to come. Um, being in the fresh air, being outside, you know, it's just a good thing for everybody. Um, so yeah, those are some other decisions that we made. Um, another thing is maintaining our individuality. So this is really important to us. Again, it goes back to like a parenting style. So I think it's amazing that like we want to be so involved and consumed by our kids. But I think that I think the best thing personally, this is my personal belief, the best thing that you can do or show your kid like how to live a healthy life is by living yours. I think that when we stop living our lives for our kids, we're actually doing a disservice. I know we think we're doing what's best for our kids because we're giving them all of our attention and sacrificing everything for them. And we feel like we're doing what's best for them. But my personal belief is that we're doing the opposite. We're not showing them or giving them an example of what a well-lived life is like. Like, I personally believe and through like my research, I've realized that, you know, connection is so important. Movement, moving your body is so important. Eating healthy is so important. Having a hobby is so important. And that's all outside the home, right? That's all most of the time without your kids involved. And I think, yes, it can feel selfish, um, in the moment to say go to yoga or for Ryan um, go practice his golf game but what I think it's teaching our kids is that you're not just here to serve others you also get to take care of yourself and it's actually really important to take care of yourself and it should be a priority in your life and um if you're not taking care of yourself, nothing else in your life is really going to work. And so I said, you know, the foundation of our, our family is our marriage. But really, I think it even goes further back to the foundation of our marriage and our family is our ability to prioritize our individuality. What makes us us without anything else, without any other label, without the label of mom, without the label of wife, without the label of employee, what makes you, you and happy and fulfilled um, and do that, make it a priority because then your kids are going to see, oh, mom was always happy 
and she did these things, right? She went to yoga every day. She went on walks with her friends. She got coffee on Sundays with her friends. Um, Dad went golfing with his buddies. Dad went, you know, on a walk or whatever. He went on bike rides with mom or, you know, like I think it's important for them to see you live your life. Um, and not just drop everything for them. I know that we have to sacrifice a lot for our kids. I know that. Obviously, as you, when you choose, I don't even think of it as a sacrifice. Like, I love being a mom. But I think it's easy for us to go all in with that and forget that we also have a life to keep living. Um, and that's important for our kids to see, Right? It's so important for our kids to see because if you don't, then they don't have a direct example of what that looks like. And so um, kind of going along with that, but a little bit of a different point is we want to continue living our lives as a family unit, making sure that everyone's equal in the way that um, like our routines work. So like we know that kids are great on routines. Like Rogi loves a routine. He's actually like very, very routine oriented. Like two hours after he wakes up, he goes back down for a nap, sleeps for two hours, wakes up for two hours, goes back down for a nap for two. Like he is routine oriented. Eight o'clock rolls around. He's getting ready for bed, goes to sleep around 830, wakes up around 830. Boom, does it all over again. It would be easy for me to be like, you know what, like I'm not going to come to lunch today or I'm not going to go on a walk with my friends or we're actually not going to be able to make um, that barbecue or we're not going to be able to stay out um, a little bit later because it's his bedtime. You know, like we don't want to skip his nap and well, he's hungry, you know, like it'd be we're not going to go golfing today because like that takes four hours and like he will need a nap within that window. So we just like can't golf anymore. Like life would get so limiting if we only abided by Rogan's schedule. And I think, again, it would be a disservice to him and us because he would not ever learn how to adapt to the world. So like if he was always at home and always in a routine and never had his routine like shifted, he would never learn how to like adapt to that, right? It's just like, I think our kids are so adaptable But we have to like put them in those situations to adapt in order for them to learn how to do that, right? Like if you never go to the grocery store with your kid or if you never go out to eat with your kid or if you never take them to a new, new, brand new experience outside of the home, they're never going to learn how to cope with it. And so when they do go, they're going to be just all bonkers and they're going to make it seem like you never want to go again because it's like, wow, that was really hard. But I personally believe the more that you expose these kids to your lifestyle, the more they're going to be able to adapt to your lifestyle. So again, I'm not saying here that it's all going to be our routine and he's just going to live for us. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying that oftentimes we start living 100% for our kids and I am trying to find a balance between all family members, not just the kid. So sometimes we are going to decide to stay and do Rogan's routine because that seems like what's going to work best for us. But other times, you know, right now we have three members of the family. So one third of the time we're going to follow dad's schedule and go to golf 
and we're going to sleep in our car seat and I'm going to take care of Rogan. Maybe I wear him so he falls asleep on my chest. He can still nap. He's very adaptable because we have been doing these things. Um, But again, like he'd probably nap better and longer at home, but we want to continue to live our lives. So that's just the sacrifice we're going to make in order to continue to live our lives. Um, You know, sometimes I want to go out to breakfast with my girls and it's maybe during nap time or I have to wake him up early in his nap because I got to make breakfast with my friends and he's coming. I don't want to stop doing that. That fulfills me being connected to other women and continuing to have conversations that I enjoy having is a very vital piece to my connection overall in this life. So again, one third of the time that's going to happen. So again, it's just not following one routine. We all have a routine that we want to pursue in this life and we all have to make sacrifices, including Rogan, including me and including Ryan. So we all get one third of the say. So it's not just all Rogan's routine and we just are like living his life. You know what I mean? Okay, that was a lot. <laughs> okay, now we're going to dive into the more like uh, like decisions I've made recently. Um, again, like don't hold me to this stuff. Like I'm going to be open to learning more. I'm open to being educated. I'm open to learning from other moms. I'm not an expert. I'm just doing what's best for us right now. So I have really resonated with the Montessori method and positive discipline. So the Montessori method is basically you don't do anything for your kid that they can do themselves, which is you think is like, oh, when they're like bigger and they can do all these things. It's like, no, like it can start when they're like one year old or like even younger, like they can start feeding themselves. They can start holding their own bottle. They can start putting on their own coat. Like they have this technique of how to put on a coat that makes like an infant able to do it. Like they have all of these different ways and like little systems in place that allow your kids to be self-sufficient far earlier than we think they can. And so my kind of like mantra is that I won't do anything for Rogan that I know he can do for himself. Even if it takes him a lot longer to do it, right? If he's trying to put on his shoes and I know he can do it, um, but it takes him a lot longer than if I just did it myself, I don't think it's a service to him to do it himself or to do it for him because I believe what I'm really saying to him is that he's not capable of doing it himself, that he needs me to do it for him. And I think that builds like low self-esteem. You start to not believe in yourself. And like, I know we don't really like, That's not our intention when we're doing these things. Like we're just, we think that we're helping them out in the moment, but I've just like really dove into like the research around like self-esteem. And like, I think that's one of the most important things I want to instill in Rogan um, is like a high self-esteem and it's little things like this, like allowing them to be empowered to do little things on their own as soon as they can do them on their own and give them the time and space to do that, right? Like I will leave or get ready to leave 20 minutes earlier so that I can give him time to put on his shoes himself, put on his coat himself, um, whatever, get himself buckled into the car seat when he's old enough. Obviously I'll check it. Like I'm not a freak. Um, 
but like little things like that like that's just the what we're going to do as a family it's going to take more time i know that and it's going to take more patience on my end but in the long run that's going to um instill this self-confidence that i really want him to have that he is capable of doing things on his own and even if it he fails a few times that's okay eventually he'll get there um yeah, I just really love that. Another thing as far as like uh, that I've learned about uh, self-esteem is also giving affirmations or words of encouragement based off of not like, uh, like, oh, wow, like the end product. So instead you're affirming like the process. What that looks like is like, instead of being like, oh my gosh, your art is so beautiful. Look at how perfect that is. Um, instead of that, you say, wow, I see how much effort you put into that, into that painting. Wow. I really like how, how disciplined you were. And like, you know, that was like a lot of hard work. Look at how hard you're able to work. You know, you can see how, you know, validating the end result can be kind of a hindrance. And again, I think we're, we're, we're coming from good intentions. Um, but validating that effort means that, to that kid, it means, oh, mom doesn't care if like the end result looks good. She just likes that I work hard and that I put my whole heart into things and that I, I try. Like she will always encourage me as long as I'm trying and I'm, I'm doing my best. That's like the kind of mom that I want to be because then that kid gets into the world and they're not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to fail because it's like, well, it doesn't matter if it works out or not. I know that I still love myself and my mom still loves me. Um, and I think that's just really important as far as uh, a healthy mindset in a kid. Okay. Positive discipline is something I've really resonated with too, which I um, at first was kind of turned off by because I thought it was kind of like submissive discipline or just kind of letting your kids do whatever they want when in reality it's actually not. It's, it's the opposite. It's like setting very clear boundaries but in a very respectful way and it's understanding the child and where they are in their uh process or like where they are in their what am I trying to think like mental growth um or like mental capacity so understanding like from their point of view why they did what they did um and then and then you know setting that boundary holding that boundary in a very respectful way so I am I'm gonna really try my best to be as patient as I possibly can so Positive discipline pretty much means like take yourself out of the equation. Like don't take everything that your child does so personally. Like I think it's easy for us to take, oh, my my child is acting out. Like you get your ego gets involved and you're like, oh, I'm a bad mom. Oh, I'm not doing anything right. Oh, like people are judging me. And it's like, you know what? This isn't even about you. This is about your kid and healthy development a lot of the things like the challenges that we see as far as like tantrums and um all that stuff is actual like very normal and necessary development for that kid in that moment what you're being asked to do as a parent is to hold space for them and hold boundaries because boundaries actually make them feel safe and secure and loved it seems like you're being like 
you know, like this disciplinary and like a Nazi, but you're not like you're just holding you're kind of creating this bubble around them. Like if they have free reign to do whatever they want, whenever they want, they're actually going to feel like chaotic and confused and like they don't know which way to go because no one's telling them. So I think for us, the most beneficial thing we're going to do is to understand what boundaries we have in our family and clearly communicate with love and patience those boundaries to our kids when they come up and to never waver from them, right? So if it's, okay, we're done with our toys in five minutes um, and we're going to go to bed or we're going to start getting ready for bed when five minutes comes. um, And there's other techniques, like we'll have them set a timer. Here, set a timer for five minutes. When the five minutes is done, we're going to be done with toys and go to bedtime. Um, That gives them like kind of a sense of control to have the timer in their hands. Um, but that's besides the point. Maybe I'll do um, a podcast on like little techniques I've picked up. But that's one of them. And then once the five minute timer goes off, we're going to go get ready for bed. There's no like dialogue. There's no like, well, please, mom. You know, like they can plead and beg, but like they know when the timer's up, the timer's up and we go and do the next thing that mom said. There's no like, There's no dabbling because I think when we waver on our boundaries, that's when they get confused and they don't know what way is up. They act, it actually doesn't benefit them. You think in the moment that like by giving them what they want, you're like loving them. But I think the opposite. I think if you want to love and respect your kids, you have to be trust. Like, uh, what am I trying to say? Like you have to be honest and follow through with your word. Like that's how they learn trust, right? If you're constantly um, going back on their word, they're going to learn to not trust you and respect you because you don't do what you say you're going to do. So we're going to definitely do this. Um, I'm excited to do this. Um, Again, we're not going to be strict parents by any means. Like I'm going to let them live their lives and have a whole lot of fun and make messes and like go crazy and run around the house and get imaginary and like like that's not what I'm saying but I am saying there are some boundaries that are you know for their safety for our safety for other people's safety or just for different reasons and we are going to be um strict in the way that we're going to never waver on our boundaries and create this safe Um, container for them to live in as far as what mom says goes and is always going to happen so that I can rely on that. I know that I can trust her. She respects me. I respect her. um, And I just want that to be in our home. One other thing, I think that's all I have. One other thing. Okay, so this was I kind of touched on this, but I am going to allow my kids to get messy. Uh, I, for example, it starts when they're really young and they're starting to learn how to eat. I think it's a hindrance to, for example, like when Rogi's starting to eat with a spoon and he has a bowl full of purees, like you've seen, if you watched my Instagram before I delete it, you see how messy he gets. Like he is, it's a full body experience. (laughs) So I could easily take that spoon myself and keep the food on my side and just give him one bite at a time and clean up the bite as I go. And he obviously wouldn't get messy at all. And I I could do that if I wanted to do that. But I don't because I think that our kids learn from making a mess, 
from failing a ma- like a million times, right? Like Rogan is never going to learn how to feed himself if he's never given the chance, right? And and he's going to fail, right? Like anything you do for the first time, you're going to fail, right? You're going to make a mess. So I think that in our home, we are going to allow messes. We're also going to, again, back to discipline, we're going to teach them how to clean up. As soon as they can use um, like a rag, they're going to learn how to clean up. Um, But they're going to be able to make messes in our home. Again, there's kind of two things to this. We're going to make messes in our home and allow those to happen and have freedom and never feel scared that mom's going to be mad if we made a mess or a mistake or failed. Like I am pro mistakes, pro failure. I'm all about it. As long as we learn the lesson and we take time to understand what happened and what we can do moving forward, I am never going to shame my kids for making mistakes or myself because I have to be that example for making a mistake. It's going to be like, oh, oops. Like, dang, next time I'm going to do this. Mommy made a mistake. But that's okay. Everyone makes a mistake. We're human. We can't be perfect. That's part of life. It's how we learn. And I'm going to move forward. And next time, probably learn from that mistake. Like, I, I think that's so beneficial to our kids. But with this cleaning thing, on the other side of that, I am going to teach my kids how to clean up their messes and put away their toys as soon as they possibly can. And I'm also going to keep a clean home. So like in between when our kids are napping, like I'm going to clean up the messes that like I only can clean at that point in their lives. Um, And I'm going to maintain a clean home. I don't believe or subscribe into the idea that just because you have kids, you don't, you can like, you don't have to have a clean home or you don't have to, but you don't get to, or it's not possible. Um, I just don't believe in that. I think if your house like having a clean home is a priority to you, like that can happen. And for me, it is a priority because I personally know for myself, and I could see this being true with kids too, having a clean space allows me to have a clear, clean mind. And that like my environment very much influences my mood. And so I could see that being true for my kids too. So I will do what it takes and make cleaning our home a priority. And I think it's important for our kids to, to, uh, to learn that too. Kind of, okay, I'm almost done. But going off of that, another little side tangent that I have, and this is no shame to like any moms out there. I totally understand why things happen the way they do. And I also understand that like sometimes your kids, like not everything that your kids do is like your fault or your like doing. Like I know kids have a mind of their own. Like it's not like everything this child is doing is the the parent's fault. Like I, I believe in that too, but I'm going to do whatever I can on my end to raise men that take care of the home. So I grew up in home with my dad being the stay at home dad. So I saw that was, um, that was a option. Like men can take care of a home. They can clean up after themselves. They can fold towels. They can fold laundry. They can do the dishes. They can um, put the toothpaste back where it came from. They can not leave their boxes on the floor. Like they can shut the cupboards. Like my dad was very clean. Like our house was always clean. And that's because I think like he took on the role of the house taker and he learned how to do those things. And he like decided like okay like this is what I have to do in order to keep a clean home like I think that every guy is capable of this like I know it is 
But I think that it starts from a young age by us enabling them. And I'm not just saying men. Like, this is this happens with girls too, right? You see this in little kids. Like, they never learn how to clean up for themselves because their mom always does it or their dad always does it. Um, they never know how to put their dishes in the dishwasher or clean their dishes or bring their laundry down and do their laundry because someone's always doing it for them. So I personally believe that that is just enabling this adult like this, this child that is going to become an adult one day to not be able to do those things on their own, or they just haven't learned how to then. So then all of a sudden they're going to have to learn how to do that when they're an adult. When in reality, if when they were a little kid, we decided, Hey, I'm not going to do that for you. That's your job. You're going to clean up after yourself. You're going to take care of your hygiene. You're going to take care of, um, where your things go throughout the day, as far as um, your laundry and, and your things that you use to get ready in the morning and your dishes that you use to eat throughout the day. And like, I just don't believe that men can't do this for themselves. I just think that they were enabled throughout their lifetime because of a woman or, you know, a counterpart doing it for them. And again, like there's no shame to moms out there. Obviously, this is an easy thing that men can learn in their adulthood. It's not hopeless, but I do think it's easier for a kid to learn this because then they know no other way of being, right? They don't ever learn to just like leave that for somebody else. Um, And I just think it's respectful. Like my goal with Rogan is to raise a boy that his wife is going to be stoked to live with and to love and to, you know, like I want to raise an amazing husband. Like that's what I'm trying to do here is like a emotionally available husband, a, you know, house caring and, you know, respectful husband. Cause I think it's like, I know, again, I'm not trying to put any shame out there, but personally, like, I think women feel disrespected, at least me, I feel disrespected when I'm assumed to take these roles of that, you know, like it would be, it's like the same thing as me just like leaving all my dishes and being like, well, someone else is going to get that or going to someone's home and making a big mess and not cleaning up after yourself. Like that's disrespectful, right? So I want to create a male that is a great husband and a great father and respects his wife and is able to do those things that not traditionally men were taught to do as far as process his emotions, talk about his emotions, um, take care of the home, inside the home, not just the lawn, not just the manly things. Um, Yeah, I just, I really, I, I think it's because I saw that growing up, like my dad was constantly doing those things. So I just know it's possible. And I just, I really respected that in my parents' relationship. So Yeah, that was my little last side tangent. This is 40 minutes. (laughs) If you're still here, I respect you. And I'm so glad that you're still here and getting something from this podcast. I am going to do another podcast on certain like, like tools or uh, ways of speaking to your child that I've picked up through like Montessori method and positive discipline as far as like dealing with certain circumstances as far as like leaving a place 
or cleaning up or doing their own stuff or, you know, like all the different tips that I've learned to um, like help our kids get through this life um, in a positive, loving, respectful way. And that's my goal as a parent is to have a loving and respectful relationship with my kids. So I want them to respect me and I want to respect them as if they're already adults. Um, And so that's where every, um, you know, everything comes from as far as our parenting style. So yeah, those were just some of the things. Um, I hope you got something from this. You guys can always email me if you have any specific requests as far as things to talk about on here. Um, But I hope some of this helped you and I love you and I hope you have a great day.